Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome back to the EPL Roundtable. I'm your host, Kevin DeVries, and as always, if you'd like to reach us at the podcast, you can do so by either tweeting us at EPL Roundtable or emailing us at EPLRoundtable at gmail.com. All right, we are back now with an Arsenal season review. Joining us, of course, is Dan, who you can find on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. Uh, a pleasure having you on. Obviously not a personal one uh, based on my fandom, but Always nice chatting with you, and especially on what is such a happy occasion for you. Cannot stress that part enough. Um, obviously, you win the FA Cup yesterday. What did you make of that that win, and were you expecting it heading in? I was not expecting it at all. That was a shocking result. I had very little optimism going in, just because like even when we've been getting good results lately, it's very rarely coupled with a good performance, um, and they're just a better team than us. Um, and the first 10 minutes just kind of cemented all my fears. Like it was really, really a bad start. Um, they had, a, they had the goal itself and they had another good chance where if Mason Mount could have slid in Olivier Giroud, they, they could have, you know, not necessarily go two nil up, but that's another good chance they created just by picking, there was a lot of space between, um, the midfield of Jacques and Zabios and back three, and they seemed to be exploiting that very well. Um, Mason Mount, they matched us up in the three, four, three, but then Mason Mount, kept tucking in in between that space and was just kind of running us there. Um, the goal itself was kind of a very Arsenal goal, actually, with just Giroud laying it off to a forward running in and uh, chipping it over the keeper. But, um, yeah, it was a really bad start. And I was like, I was saying to some friends um, on Twitter and stuff, like, this could get really ugly. This could be bad. Um, but after that, we really... I'm not, we turned it around, and I'm not entirely sure why, but um, you know we take those. Um, we they did not create much after those first ten minutes or so. Um, I don't think they had a shot on target. Maybe since the goal, um, if not, then it was like after the first ten minutes they really didn't create much, um, and we exploited them a lot down um, our left hand side, their right hand side, um, and that eventually culminated in the goal with uh, Aubameyang getting hauled down by Aspilicueta, which definitely could have been a red. Um, he really wasn't making a play on the ball, and it's obviously a denial mm. of their goal scoring opportunity. But whatever, um, I'm not going to talk about the refereeing performance in a negative way, considering what happened <laughs> later. Um, but yeah, Aubameyang took like the best penalty I've ever seen him take because he's not that great a penalty taker. But that was perfect. No one's saving that. Um, so that made it 1-1. Before that, we'd actually had a goal scored by Pepe, which was correctly disallowed, um, which that was just kind of an incredible shot. That wasn't necessarily like a sign of things to come, but it was, you know, somewhat encouraging. Um, but we were really we were quite dominant at the end of the first half. Um, didn't start the second half great, but eventually got the second goal um, because Aubameyang's very, very good. Um, and we were able to hold on. Um, it wasn't really holding on. Like I said, they really didn't create much. Um, Mateo Kovacic got sent off for 
a very questionable second yellow. Uh, I'm I'm very much subscribing to the theory that Taylor was booking him for um, foul accumulation, not realizing he'd already booked him. Uh, so then he's like, "Oh well, I've given you a yellow. I have to I have to send you off now." So that that happened because that's never a, that's never like first yellow in isolation, much less a second yellow. Um, but again, we take those. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I never really felt that stressed throughout the game. Like I really didn't feel like they were going to score. Um, we never, there were, were no parts where we were really relying on Emmy Martinez bailing us out. Um, Pulisic going off early with injury in the second half probably helped because he's, he might be Chelsea's best player or the best attacker, definitely the best winger. Um, so that probably helped a bit, but it was a good performance and very unexpected. We really have not been good since the restart. Um, and pulling out a really good performance at the end of the season to win a cup, just fantastic, unexpected, and the best thing that's happened to uh, Arsenal for a bit. Yeah, then obviously you wind up lifting the trophy, something that uh, is certainly no rare occurrence at Arsenal. You seem to dominate this competition. Uh, I was going to say at least in recent years, but it also happened in previous years as well. We discussed this on a show a couple of weeks ago, but why do you think Arsenal have such success in this competition in particular? Uh, from like an analytical point of view, I'd say, especially during the Wenger era, we were just consistently good. And you know, when you, when you are consistently near the top, eventually cup competitions with lots of variants, if you're able to put in like consistently good teams and enter with good performances, then eventually you'll get a lucky year where you get a good draw and a, you know, a lucky break in the semifinal or whatever, and then are able to win just because you're consistently putting out good teams. Um, and with pretty high variance, like a lot of the stuff in, a lot of issues with Arsenal teams in the league where they'd have, you know, a, a period or two of just poor performances, but they were always good teams and always able of having very high top levels. Um, and from a Mimi point of view, it's the Arsenal Wenger Challenge Cup. How can't we win? <laughs> we had, came up with a pretty interesting stat before the show, but I'll I'll let you tweet that out of your own accord. Follow him at the underscore jersey underscore fits. Um, obviously, the season on the whole, pretty disappointing, especially considering league finish. But then you do cap it off with the trophy. So kind of on the whole, what did you make of your season and, and how would you rate it? Um, it's still a pretty bad season, to be fair. Um, the cup makes it go from like a one out of 10 to like a three or four out of 10. Um, ultimately like this is the worst league season, um, for Arsenal since 1994, 95. I was literally not born at that point to put it in perspective, was not alive. Um, uh, was we finished with 56 points, uh, finished eighth. It was a really atrocious. And not only were the results awful, the performances were probably worse. Like I, it wasn't like we were getting very unlucky throughout the season. I think we actually ended up getting like a bit luckier than we deserved. Um, so it's really not. It, it is not looking great. Like this cup win is fantastic, and I'm very willing to celebrate it. But the long term, uh, it's not looking great long term. Pepe, our big buy in the summer, had a pretty bad first season. Um, he just did not have significant output. He's very, he's clearly talented, and he was very good in the cup final, which is nice, but. I mean, the season on the whole, it was, it was bad. Like he's, if he continues to play like this, he'll be considered a flop. Hopefully, that doesn't happen. But if he does, that's how it's going to be. Um, we have the whole Guendouzi fiasco, which ultimately I don't really have an issue of how we dealt with it. According to reports, it seems we gave him every chance to like, you know, come back. He just refused to apologize and refused to take those chances. So 
there's only so much you can do at that point. His behavior was an issue before. That's why we got him so cheap in the first place. Hopefully we can get a good sum of, uh, for him this summer or summer transfer window, whatever you're going to call it. Um, but ultimately it's not, not exactly a positive. Maybe it won't be a massive negative, but certainly not positive. Um, the big positive for the season was we brought through a lot of young players. Um, Bakayo Saka is now a pretty constant first team member. Um, Reese Nelson's not great, but he's at least a squad player. Um, Eddie and Kedia really broke through. I don't know if he's going to make it top level, but he at least a first team player. Um, we had a lot of guys come through, which is a positive. Um, it's pretty, it's the overall, the only real overwhelming positive of the season, which was pretty bad on the whole. Yeah, but you do wind up getting the trophy, which is, you said, does kind of kick it up a couple of notches. Obviously, also the first big uh, notch in the cap of Mikel Arteta as your new manager. What have you made of his era, and has he made any significant tweaks uh, to how you were previously playing under Emery? Yes, yeah, so the way I'd say for Arteta is we are qualitatively better, but that has yet to translate to being quantitatively better. Like There are some clear tactical differences we are much more organized we are much better at playing out of the back um I, it feels like the players know what they're meant to do which they never really seem to under emory which is all well and good but quite frankly our performances have not improved um i'm trying to like not really about take that much or apply this season to my evaluation of our title that much because quite frankly it's about the most insane way to start a managerial career ever uh, that you can possibly get like came in on boxing day had a few months with a crazy squad with lots of issues. And then the world stopped for three months. Uh, you had a global pandemic and mm-hmm. missed a bunch of time. Then came back to finish 10 games where you were never really playing for anything except the FA Cup. It's it's a crazy season. Um, so I'm trying to like you know be pretty measured about my, my judgments of him because it's a crazy situation. But while I think there are positives, he's going to need to get better because, I mean, if we keep playing like this, it's bad. It's really bad. Um, hopefully that will come with both time and hopefully improving the squad. Um, we shall see. Uh, there are some, like, and there are some clear negatives. I, our, I mean, our attack is really bad. That is the biggest thing. We can, we have not found a way. He has not found a way to build a cohesive attack yet, which is a must. You cannot be a good team without having a good attack, That's especially considering possible. the the players you have at your disposal. Yep. Uh, I will say we really lack creative players. That like we have lots of good strikers, but we don't have that much creativity. But yeah, even with with the players we have at our disposal, you would really hope you can build an attack that's not consistently getting outshot. I think for our ten league games, we only outshot our opponents twice, and none of those were by more than five shots. Uh, and one of I, the, our only clear, very good performance was against Norwich. Which, I mean, they're Norwich. They they were the worst team in the league by far. Um, so it only counts for so much. So that is a huge question. Is in-game management has also been a bit questionable, but I don't know. That's kind of the least important part of being a manager to me, um, which sounds kind of crazy because it's the stuff we get the best look at. But um, I don't know. I think being able to get your team to buy into a system and create a system is more important. But, I mean, obviously I would like him to improve his in-game management. A lot of times I've been like, I've not understood his substitutions. And not only, like, I think it's bad at the time, and then, you know, the game ends like, yeah, that clearly didn't work. I don't really know why he thought it was going to. So um, those are places he can get better. He's definitely not perfect, but I think he's at least like looks like he could be an above average manager. So we'll take that. Yeah. Do you think there's anything he can do at the other end of the pitch at the defensive side to just kind of fix things? Or do you think that's just a personnel issue? 
I think he's actually done pretty well with the personnel he's been he's given. Um, I will say we've gotten a bit lucky defensively, according to you know underlying numbers and all that. But still, I think we look we look much more coherent defensively. We're not giving up a bunch of, like as many shots like, as we were under Emery. Uh, some of the shots we are giving up are higher value, but I think I think he has built a reasonably coherent defensive system, um, which may have cost some of some of the other end, but maybe like a factor in us not being as good offensively. But um, yeah, I think for given the personnel he's been given, he's done a reasonably good job at that end. Um, it's really more of the offensive end that's a problem for me. Gotcha. Well, at that offensive end, we were talking about some of the. Uh quality players that you have up there it kind of seems jumbled of trying to get everybody in that front line with Aubameyang sometimes being shifted wide which we've we've talked about for years uh he does still score the crucial goals though obviously he was right in the golden boot chase right till the end there uh but it is contract time for him if you're going to get it done it sounds like Arteta is pretty confident uh, after his press conference yesterday after the win uh, are you confident that that'll get done and also what kind of price range would you be comfortable with and do you think the deal would fall within that scope I am pretty confident it'll get done I'm not entirely sure that's the correct decision for a long-term future but I am pretty confident it'll get done um it it sounds like it's gonna be like 250k a week which is a lot of money for a 31 year old who um while his production is still very good there has been a pretty clear decline for the last three years now he's also been on his team his team quality has also declined each of those last three years so you could argue that's the reason for that but you could argue he's just gone from you know age 28 to age 31 that that happens strikers decline um so yeah i'm not necessarily sure extending him is the right decision if there's an offer out there for like real money we can get for him i kind of think that's the better decision long term but i don't expect us to go that route um another issue as you said he's been shifted wide pretty consistently i don't think arteta views him as a striker um he played there in Arteta's first game in charge and has not played there since um there's a graphic going around um i believe it's from the athletic um but i'm not entirely sure but it's essentially his heat map for where he has been under Arteta versus under Emery, and it's exclusively down the left side, um, which I think is not getting as much out of him as you could, and when you're going to pay that guy a lot of money when he's already old, and we're all, I think we're pretty far away from being good, whereas like I don't think we will be able to be good when he is still good. Kind of our factors into where I'm not really sure we should extend him, but I expect us to, so you know, that is what it is. Yeah, if you had to to pick, and I know I've posed this question to you probably at least once the last like five years, um, but if you had to pick like the best attack based on who you currently have, you can include midfield if you want, who would line up in those positions? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's hard because there's some players who I like, as much as he is absolutely washed, I kind of feel like Ozil still helps us because we have no creativity at all. And a big issue with the front three we have now of Lacazette, Aubameyang, and Pepe is all of those guys want to go, I will say Lacazette has dropped deeper okay he's done an okay job of it but i think Ozil would be a better better at picking up the ball in between the lines because we have basically no one to do that right now um all of Aubameyang, pepe and lacazette are real true forwards and then ceballos and jaka really don't want to get in the final third we don't have anyone to really feed the ball to them um so i genuinely think he could help but i don't imagine he's going to play but it seems like um it, it feels like a the board has kind of directed Arteta, we're going to try and freeze them out so we can sell them on this summer, which would be great if it's possible, but I don't think it's possible. Um, so I don't think he's a real option. So taking that into account, it's tough. Um, I don't know. The front three we have right now doesn't really seem to fit well, but also it's a lot of talented players, which is the thing. Um, I don't know. It's very tough. Uh, Considering all the circumstances, I think I'm fine with Aubameyang. Well, and the other thing is, since we're playing the three-four-three, when Aubameyang is wide left, he's not really that wide, which I think makes that less of an issue than when we were playing the four-three-three and he was actually a winger. That's when him being wide is a real problem. Um, so I think, given all the circumstances and the formation we're currently playing. I'm okay with the Aubameyang left, Lacazette up top, and Pepe on the right, but I'm also not sure it's like that amazing despite the quality of players in there mm. is Ceballos good enough to to be the main contributor behind them and, and if so do you want to extend that loan and I guess if the answer is no to either of those then that's kind of the answer yeah I want to keep him he's been really good since we switched formations actually um clearly our best midfielder right now which um hopefully we can keep him because obviously the financial situation is weird for everyone but that includes us so I, I don't know what how that's going to work, but hopefully we can at least extend the loan, if not um, get him permanently. I think he's he definitely fits well in this system, despite struggling for a lot of the season prior to the restart. Um, but I, I've been convinced by his performances since the restart that he is one for the future, and he's a, a decent age. Like I'd rather sign, you know, twenty, I think it's believe twenty-four year old Dani Ceballos than an older play, than like a twenty-seven, twenty-eight year old. Um, I think that works a lot better for us where mm. we are as a club right now. Well, yeah, I'll be curious to see if you can get it done. Apparently, his demand to Real Madrid was that he get 35-plus matches next season, which... Seems unlikely. It seems like a lot. So uh, you might be in with a little bit of an early advantage uh, in those negotiations. Uh, if you are ma- able to get him back and you do end up extending Aubameyang, uh, is there anybody else that, that you think might not be so lucky in, in terms of staying at the club? Um... He has been playing more lately, but I, I, it's a reasonably safe bet that Ainsley Maitland-Niles doesn't stay because he wants to play more, which is fair. Um, also, he's not that good. He's fine. He's a solid, you know, Premier League level fullback, but he's also probably not going to start for us. Um, so, yeah, I mean, if he wants playing time, he's probably going to have to go elsewhere. Um, trying to think of other people who would leave. Um, it's tough because no one's going to, a lot of our players we want gone. I don't know if we're actually going to be able to shift them because they're on pretty reason, pretty high wages where I don't know why a team would 
really want to pay those in a normal circumstance, much less one where there's a lot of uncertainty. Um, so I would love to get rid of like half our center backs because we have a billion of them. I think first team center backs, we have Saliba coming in. We have David Luiz, Socrates, Mustafi, Rob Holding, Callum Chambers, um, Dinos Mavropanos. Um, he's, he's on loan, I believe, for next season. I think we already did that. Um, I might be missing someone. Kieran Tierney's also been playing left center back. Kolasnich has been playing left center back. We have so many, and they're all average at best. Um, it was hilarious, actually. Um, we were missing Mustafi a lot yesterday because Rob Holding cannot pass, um, which is just a wild... It's really insane. Year, but I am like, yeah, we are actively missing Mustafi. Well, that's not a good situation um, to be in. <laughs> it's not great. It's not what you want, no. Um, so I would love to get rid of... Like, Socrates would like to get rid of him. Um, one or both of Holding or Chambers would be cool to get rid of them. But it's a, it's tough to know because... I don't know how much movement is actually going to happen this summer um, with the state of everything. Um, the goalkeeper situation is interesting because I know Amy Martinez wants to go play first-team football, and it was always like, okay, we'll just sell him and get however much for him. But he's been really good since coming in for Lena's injury, so that is a good problem to have. We actually have two good keepers, um, or we assume Martinez is good. Obviously, it's a relatively small sample, but from what we've seen, he's been good. Um, so that's an interesting situation. Not sure how that's going to shake out. Um, and then I, there's been no noise about Lacazette leaving. It wouldn't, it would make sense to me if he did, but there's just been zero noise. So who knows how that's going to work out. Yeah. And then are there any players or positions in particular that you're targeting? I, I know you've mentioned creative midfield there a couple of times. Yeah. Some kind of creative player. We're so desperate for it. <laughs> it's really bad. Same. Um, we have no one to create anything. Like that's not been that does not appear to be what Pepe is going to do. He's more of a goal scoring forward, um, so please score more goals. But um, we just have no one to create anything. So I know we've been. Please, I'm so so praying we do not have the money to buy Wilfred Zaha because that would be such a terrible transfer. I cannot stress enough how much I don't want that to happen. Well, what if you um, sell Lacazette? You play Aubameyang up front. You play Zaha on the left. There you go. I fixed it for you. I still do not want Zaha. Um, I, I'm just not sure he's that good, and we'd be paying him a, a lot of money, and he's kind of old. Like he's not old, but he's at the end. He's probably near the end of his peak, and I don't, I don't see the value in buying him there. I, I don't want Zaha. Please don't buy Zaha. <laughs> um, I, I do not really have anyone in mind for creative player. Um, I know, I know a lot of people I know want the. Um, I believe he's Argentinian from Norwich, like Buendia. I mean, Buendia, yeah. And Buendia, that's what he says. Yep. Yeah, that guy. Um, I know a lot of people want him. I don't know if there are any actual links there. Um, but that, no, he yeah, was I've just relegated. At, it's like us with the Callum Wilson thing. Yeah, it's like, I've you have the money numbers. to buy a relegated player. I've looked at his numbers and seen him play. He looks good, so I'd be cool with that. Yeah. Um, he would fit the bill. Um, but yeah, creative player is really the biggest need, which is funny because everyone thinks this is a terrible defensive team, which isn't inherently wrong. But I really don't think that's the area we necessarily need to fix right now because I think fixing the attack is actually more important. Yeah, well, we'll certainly see how all that goes. And as you say, you have 12 center backs. Maybe one of them will take the step up next year. Uh, just just for my own uh, edification, uh, assuming that Saliba basically steps in, who do you want to be his partner? Uh, if we keep the back three, which honestly I'm kind of keen to do, um, I would want Saliba right center back, Luis central center back, and 
Probably. I, I actually like the way we're doing it with Tierney as left center back and then Saka as left wing back because um, I think Saka's left best position might be a bit left wing back, and mm. um, at least for now. And Tierney can still get forward from there. Like A lot of times you'll see uh, when, when we're in possession, everyone's like Luis is the center center back, but he's clearly playing in the right center back position. Um, and Tierney's playing more like a left back. Yeah, and Kieran Tierney, very good at, at the football. Was pretty very disappointed good. that uh, we never showed any serious interest. Missed out on him and Robertson uh, just by not really pursuing the the scouting interest that we'd had. So, whoops. Um, <laughs> I guess we'll wrap up by talking about next season. As mentioned, you winning the FA Cup gets you a Europa League spot again next year. 25 straight in Europe, which is certainly no easy feat. Uh, I assume you're, you're looking for a better performance in the Premier League as well. Just what do you expect from the 2020-2021 campaign? Uh, honestly, the expectations aren't particularly high because I, I don't think we... It would take a lot for us to get anywhere near top four. Like we'd have to improve significantly when I don't expect significant changes. And we would probably need one of, you know, City, Liverpool, Ch- um, Chelsea, or United to really fall apart, which I don't really expect to happen. And we'd also probably need Leicester and Wolves to fall apart. So I don't really have high expectations for a league campaign next year, um, which, as I said, is kind of why I'm not back in extending a bombing. I don't think we're going to be good next year and probably the year after anyway. Um, so hopefully we can do well in the Europa, Europa League, somehow sneak a Champions League spot there. Um, I don't know. We've got a lot of work to do. So the expectations are not high. We'll see how it goes. Um, honestly, I, I could see anything from like 5th to 9th, 10th. Oh, I, wow. A lot, a lot of things are on the table. Uh, we were really like a lot of there was I think we finished pretty well in terms of points under Arteta. But performances were bad. They were not good. We were mm. looking like a, we've been a mid-table team. We've been playing like a mid-table team for a while. Um, like even even in our good run, our little like four-game winning streak we had, it, we basically outside of the Norwich game, we basically played the same game every time for like even beyond that. Like the, the, from the Brighton game to uh, the Leicester game, outside of the Norwich game, we basically played the same game. Just some days we happen to finish our chances better than our opponents, which. You know, that just happens. It, it wasn't like because we actively played better than them. We just happened to finish better on the day, which is not something that happens consistently. So we, we played like a mid-table team for pretty much all of our Teddy's tenure. Um, like I said, I think there are some positive signs, but they're only signs. They're not actual positives yet. So mm. as, as much as I think we could push on from that, we could not. Um, we could just still be pretty bad. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I, my expectations are not high for next season. Gotcha. All right. Well, we'll certainly see how that goes, but uh, begrudging congratulations on another FA Cup title. We'll leave things there for now. If you want to tell folks where they can find you or anything you're working on, now would be a good time. Uh, yeah, you can get me on Twitter at the underscore jersey underscore fits. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, a pleasure as always. And folks at home, we hope you keep listening. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com.